Welcome to Joyful Projects, where we're going to explore the secret to real excellence in transforming our ideas into a reality. I'm Paul Armstrong. Guess what? If you've got the responsibility to accomplish a project, what is that? Hey, it's when you transform an idea into a reality, right? And if you happen to have a leadership role in that, I might have some thoughts worth listening to. Because I'm sharing what I've had the blessing to learn over a lot of years from being on a lot of teams. And so you're going to hear a lot that's going to echo what you find in most books on project management. But here's the real reason I like sharing what I've learned. I found that to really understand and apply what truly accomplishes what I call ideal projects, joyful projects, it's founded in what I believe is the truth, namely God's word. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take Sunday's message, apply it to Monday morning in what I think is a pretty refreshing and helpful way. Hey, you know what? Always appreciate it if you subscribe. And if you're new to the podcast, hey, you can learn more about me at enablingjoy.com. So guess what? We are on episode number 12. There's learning in that storm. Let's get going. Remember, we looked at the elements for enabling joy. We looked at the elements for engaging excellence. Okay. We have them tied together with communication. And now we're in the part where we're talking about the journey. Okay, I've called it the drama or the movie. And remember, you're the leader, so you're the director of this. And it's going to follow some, what I'll call archetypes or predictable paths. Okay, they're based on group dynamics and on the project life cycle. So in the last podcast, we talked about the I version. Now remember, we're doing it I-D-E-A-L. Okay, each one's going to have three. So we talked about first inviting, initiating, and indoctrinating. But now, now we're getting into it. So, so today we're going to talk about the D. The D is, is really cool. It's going to set us up to be a really strong team. But we're going to do that in the middle of what looks like a storm. Okay? The D words. Dialogue. Discover. Define. Today we're just going to talk about dialogue. Okay, pretty neat word, dialogue. Okay, it really comes from a Greek word, dialogos. Now, Peter Senge, in his work, he makes a pretty big distinction between the word dialogue and the word discussion. He says, dialogue is for learning. It's where we basically dialogue, is to look across the logic, okay? And that discussion is for decision-making. So we're going to stick with dialogue, but the important part is we're talking about conversations that their purpose is to learn. So what's happening? Here we are in the life cycle. We've gone through the initiate indoctrination. Everyone's, you know, pumped up, ready to go. We know our values. We know our mission. We know our vision. We're like, yeah, now we're getting into the the details. And we all know the devil's in the details, right? And we're starting to see that there are some aspects of this project that are are a little overwhelming, almost looking undoable. Maybe, wow, how are we going to do that? And that's starting to pull out more and more of the personalities. And we're starting to see those places where, gee whiz, I, I didn't think of you to think, didn't think you'd think of it that way. Or, wow, you're really coming at it at a different angle. In group dynamic theory, there's a popular app, um, shorthand for the development of group. And it's called form, storm, norm, and perform. Okay. And now the norm phase is what we did with invite, initiate, and indoctrinate. Okay. Got us together. And then we're going into what's called the storm phase. And and that is cool. It's going to seem pretty stormy. And as project leaders, if you're like me, it, it kind of makes you feel like, oh, doggone it, man. You know, we're all getting along. And now, now like, tensions are starting to rise. We're getting a little stressful around here. And But here's the cool thing. One, it's predictable. Two, it's, it's going to happen. Three, 
as a leader, we can make it work for us, okay? That probably a better word for it than storm is maybe the forging phase. I don't know what forging is when you take a piece of metal, you stick it in the furnace, you don't let it turn into a puddle of, of just, you know, liquid. You pull it out and you, you hammer on it. And then it's a, it goes from being regular steel to like tool steel, okay? That's forging. Well, that's what we're going to do. We're going to forge the team in this process. And so we're going to make sure that our conversations now are dialogue. Why? Because we're, we're figuring out the path ahead, okay? Figuring out. That's learning, okay? And, and we have to conduct these conversations in the mode of learning, all right? There's two cool tools. They're called inquiry and advocacy. We know them, all right? They might be fancy words, but we know that a real conversation is made up of those two elements because what's inquiry? Inquiry means I'm trying to find out, hey, what do you think about this? Oh, why do you think that way? Gee, what made you think that? Okay? And we know what advocacy is. Advocacy is when I am able to basically paint what I'm thinking and provide you a picture of my thoughts, okay? So now I can put it out there. So we need to be really good at those, okay? And we could spend a couple of hours talking about inquiry and advocacy. But the objective of them is to learn, is to learn, not to defend our opinion. And I'm not talking about being willy-nilly and falling over. We all are smart on our team. We all have good reasons for believing what we believe and, and predicting what we're trying to predict. But when we want a group decision, means we need to elevate the whole group to a better spot. And we as leaders always need to remember that, that these conversations, their purpose is learning, dialogue. Their purpose is learning. Their purpose is not to see who's right, not to see who's wrong, but to learn together. So we're going to use inquiry and advocacy. Another cool thing is to realize as a leader, (laughs) there's really no conversation about the facts. Now, I've worked my whole life in technical communities. I always say, well, just stick to the facts. Truth of the matter is, once the facts are on the table, there is no conversation, right? There's no conversation because the facts are the facts. There's nothing to talk about. What is the conversation? The conversation is about what we think the facts mean, what what made them true, and what we think they're going to lead to, okay? I look out the window and say, hey, it's raining outside. My wife looks out the window and says, hey, it's raining outside. There's no conversation there. But if I say, it's raining outside. It's going to be a lousy day. She says, oh, it's raining outside. It's going to be great for the garden. The conversation is about, is it going to be lousy or is it going to be great? That's where the conversation is, right? It's not about the fact of rain. It's about the story we wrap around the facts. And as we as leaders, we have to help people share these stories, realizing these are the stories we wrap. They're called the assumptions that we put around the facts. That's where our conversation occurs. That's where the learning is going to occur. Because it's our assumptions that lead to believing that we might be able to do this in the future. We might be able to do that in the future. Or that we're not going to be able to do this. It's our assumptions that are, are, are the basis of our predictions on how we're going to move ahead. That's what we're doing with dialogue. And, and we as leaders are going to establish the, the, the way to do inquiry and advocacy well. So it's going to be good for us to spend a little time to make sure that our team realizes, hey, we're here to figure out our assumptions. Because anything that's doing with what we're going to talk about in the future, that is an assumption. It's not a fact, right? And that's what we're at. We're at the beginning of the project. That's what most of our conversations are going to be about, right? And you're thinking, well, how about if somebody is like really, poof, they are just glued to their assumption. This other group is glued to their assumption. Those assumptions are not the same. You can do it well. And, and so we're going to take a lesson from the early church. And this is kind of really cool because I'm actually making this podcast on what 
on the feast that uh, most of the Christian church, I believe, considers as when we celebrate Pentecost, okay? 50 days after the Jewish Passover, so therefore also after Easter, is Pentecost. And we know what happened at Pentecost. It was it was the birth of the church, right? The disciples go from, you know, hiding in a room to being apostles, you know, preaching the word, blowing open the windows. Well, a little bit down the road in time, they're like, oh, some people are preaching this, some people are preaching that. So they've got assumptions about, boy, who should we be preaching to? And what should we be telling those people to stick to? And so so they have a dialogue. It's called the Council of Jerusalem, and it's, and it's in Acts, and it's pretty neat. So it's, it's a long passage, but I'm going to read it because it's very, very powerful, I think, to see the wisdom on how they are going to take what is actually a pretty big disagreement and be able to learn and move forward. Okay, so I'm in chapter 15, verse 1. Some who had come down from Judea were instructing the brothers, unless you are circumcised according to the Mosaic practice, you cannot be saved. Because there arose no little dissension and debate by Paul and Barnabas with them, it was decided that Paul, Barnabas, and some of the others should go up to Jerusalem to the apostles and presbyters about this question. Now, notice they said, because we were, you know, there was no debate, how we really learned, we're like, how to go with this. So they're sent on their journey by the church and passed through Phoenicia and Samaria, telling of the conversion of the Gentiles and brought great joy to all the brothers. <laughs> There's a joy word. When they arrived in Jerusalem, they were welcomed by the church as well as by the apostles and the presbyters, and they reported what God had done with them. But some from the party of Pharisees who had become believers stood up and said, it is necessary to circumcise them and direct them to observe the Mosaic law. That sounds pretty reasonable, right? I mean, Jesus came to the Jews. The Jews were thinking, okay, we're, we're, you know, we're the chosen people. The apostles and presbyters met together to see about this matter after much debate had taken place. So they, they allow the room for the learning. Get that? Okay. Peter got up and said to them, My brothers, you are well aware that from early days God made his choice among you, that through my mouth the Gentiles would hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness by granting them the Holy Spirit, just as he did us. He made no distinction between us and them. For by faith he purified their hearts. Why then are you now putting God to the test by placing on their shoulders of the disciples a yoke that neither our ancestors nor we have been able to bear? On the contrary, we believe that we are saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus in the same way as they. The whole assembly fell silent. And they listened while Paul and Barnabas described the signs and wonders God had worked among the Gentiles through them. After they had fallen silent, James responded, My brothers, listen to me. Simeon has described how God first concerned himself with acquiring from among the Gentiles a people for his name. The words of the prophets agree with this, as it is written, After this I shall return and rebuild the fallen hut of David. From its ruins I shall rebuild it and raise it up again, so that the rest of humanity may seek out the Lord, even all the Gentiles on whom my name is invoked. Thus says the Lord who accomplishes these things, known from of old. It is my judgment, therefore, that 
We ought to stop troubling the Gentiles who turn to God, but tell them by letter to avoid pollution from idols, unlawful marriage, the meat of strangled animals, and blood. For Moses, for generations now, has had those who proclaim him in every town, as he has been read in the synagogues every Sabbath. So then the apostles and the presbyters, in agreement with the whole church, decided to choose representatives and to send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. The ones chosen were Judas, who was called Barsabbas, and Silas, leaders among the brothers. This is the letter delivered by them. The apostles and presbyters, your brothers, to the brothers in Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia of Gentile origin, greetings. Since we have heard that some of our number who went out without any mandate from us have upset you with their teachings and disturbed your peace of mind, we have with one accord decided to choose representatives and to send them to you along with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, who have dedicated their lives to the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we are sending Judas and Silas, who will also convey this same message by word of mouth. It is the decision of the Holy Spirit and of us not to place on you any burden beyond these necessities, namely to abstain from meat sacrificed to idols, from blood, from meats of strangled animals, and from unlawful marriage. If you keep free of these, you'll be doing what's right. Farewell. That's pretty neat. That's pretty neat. Notice that they left room for the conversation. They, they were very purposeful that they were thinking we need to be together on this. We need to be together on this. Dialogue. It's learning together so that as we say what we're going to do moving forward, we're moving with one voice. That's what we're doing as a leader. It's not about defending our positions. It's not about seeing who's right and wrong. It's about moving forward with one voice. Because you notice what you don't hear in that passage? You don't hear them making any sort of statement back to those who are saying, oh, you should have done this, you shouldn't. said, no, we're moving forward. Dialogue. It's the first of the D's. In our next podcast, we're going to talk about discover and define. And we're going to be able to convert this storm into a classroom. That's pretty cool. We're going to learn in the storm. We're going to forge our team. I'm looking forward to meeting you again next week. Meanwhile, you can.